Recently, we hit a big milestone here at the Ultimate Blog Podcast, and we are celebrating over 100,000 downloads. We wanted to celebrate with you in a super fun way by answering your questions. So we will be answering your questions in a special podcast episode coming out in May. And in order to submit your question, all you need to do is find the link in our show notes, and you're actually going to leave us a voicemail. Ask us your blogging question or anything that you can think of in regards to your blogging business, or maybe you haven't even started your blog yet and you have questions that you want to ask about that too. You can literally ask us anything and we cannot wait to connect with you in this way. Once again, you're just going to find the link in our show notes and ask any of your blogging questions that you have. Thank you so much for being an avid listener of the Ultimate Blog Podcast. We love sharing episodes with you each and every Tuesday and helping you learn more about blogging and how to grow a successful blog each and every week. Welcome to the Ultimate Blog Podcast with Amy Reinecke and Jennifer Draper. We're on a mission to empower women who want to start or grow their own blog. This podcast is for women who want to learn blogging basics and who crave inspiration and encouragement. Whether you're just getting started or have been a blogger for years, we're excited to welcome you into this space where we are passionate about creating community over competition. We are bloggers who want to encourage you to believe in your potential, step outside the norm, and step into a life where you create your own schedule, your own success, and your own story. Join us for weekly episodes as we navigate blogging and work from home life, all while raising a family and having some serious fun along the way. Hey, welcome back to the Ultimate Blog Podcast. We are going to talk about AI today, which is a hot topic in the blogging industry. And to do so, we brought on Colin Tate, and he manages the SEO at ConvertKit, helping make the product more visible to search engines so that the creator content ranks higher more often and also leads ConvertKit's PR efforts. So this is really awesome. You guys being able to like hear Colin today is a gift. So you're welcome. We got to chat with him at Craft and Commerce. And as I was fervently writing notes and like, oh my gosh, writing all the things, I finally was like, I just need to have him on the podcast. So then I can take notes again, because I learned so much from you. So welcome to the Ultimate Blog Podcast, Colin. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Looking forward to diving into AI and SEO. Yeah. Okay. So somebody might be listening to this so far, and they're like, I have no idea what AI stands for. So let's just start at a really basic level. And I want to say that right out of the gate too, is we're going to keep this at a pretty basic level because I know there is a lot of beginner to intermediate bloggers who may not have had any introduction into AI at this point. And so we kind of want to meet you right where you are. So Colin, if you can tell everybody, what is AI? Yeah. So it stands for artificial intelligence. But when people use the word AI, really what they mean is machine learning. Machine learning models are computer models that allow you to use large data sets in order to train the machine in order to do human-like tasks, whether it's write something for you, speak for you, think for you, or help you build your business. So we're really talking about machine learning models and not an actual sentient machine that lives and breathes and thinks. The two have kind of become synonymous at this point. So when someone says AI, they're usually talking about machine learning. 
And usually when they're referring to machine learning, they're just talking about machine learning. All of that to say that these models can help us in our daily lives. They can help us build a business. They can help us write an article. They can help us publish a podcast really with a few clicks with prompts that you can either write or type out or even speak. And machine learning models are really good about interpreting that text and then turning it into action. So when we say AI, the definition is artificial intelligence, but we're referring to a machine that's been given information to carry out the task. That's really a helpful way to explain it. I had never really thought about it in that way. And I know that a lot of this technology has been around for a while. It's been evolving over time. And just recently is when it really feels like it's become such a buzz in the blogging world. Why do you think that that is that now we're as bloggers, we're all talking about AI? Yeah, It's been around for a really long time, as you mentioned, at least a couple of decades in some form or another. It's been very crude up to this point, but open AI more or less open the door to machine learning models and to artificial intelligence. And the reason it's been in the news so much lately is because it's it's finally working at a point and at a scale where it can be used by the average consumer. And OpenAI is a startup like any other startup looking to leverage modern technology in order to be able to generate revenue. And they're generating a lot of revenue at this moment because it's being driven by by consumers. Like you and I, I have a subscription to ChatGPT and a lot of other people do too. And everyone's buzzing about it, which is why it's been in the news so frequently these days. But it's these advancements in the machine learning algorithms that have really laid the foundation for the scale at which AI has been able to kind of grow and for us to kind of take a hold of it and then start to use it as consumers. Whereas previously, AI was more geared towards business to business. These algorithms weren't publicly available to be used. And where where they were, they were expensive and cumbersome. You had to know how to code. So there's just, there's a lot of reasons why it's in the news these days. But the biggest one being that open AI has kind of opened the floodgates and everyone's talking about it these days. Yeah, it's kind of sharing the wealth with everybody and allowing us to create content a little bit easier. And so for the most part, I know that there's a lot of different ways that people can utilize this. But for the most part, would you agree that ChatGPT is the most common platform that people are using in order to do this? It is. It's what they've heard. It's what they've seen parodied on Saturday Night Live and (laughs) a lot of the other sketch comedy shows. Yeah. So it's the most recognizable name within artificial intelligence today. I mean, there's a lot of other tools as well, tools that I use, tools that I use at ConvertKit that help me in my my day-to-day work. But yeah, ChatGPT is absolutely the most ubiquitous at this point. Yeah. So you might hear us say, you know, in this episode, you know, AI or ChatGPT. And I want you to know that we're just using that interchangeably just as yeah. a way just to help you because I don't want somebody listening to be like, hold up, now let's chat GPT through this and making sure that we're all on the same track here. That works. So I can remember when I was going to come to your session at Craft and Commerce and Jennifer and I having a conversation <laughs> before coming and we were like, nah, I don't want to go to this. And we're blog coaches. We teach people how to blog. And I was like, 
yeah, I'll go listen because I think it's important that we know how to answer the question, but we're clearly not going to do this in our business. And I then I listened to your talk and I was like, Jennifer, you totally should have come to this session. Like this could totally change your business. So you changed my mind in a matter of probably 20 minutes that day that I had reservations for it because I am of the mindset like I don't want computers to take over our entire world. I believe that there still has to be some human connection. I'm a big connector. And so the the fear of that going away, I don't like that. But you helped kind of ease that for me. So I kind of want to talk about that a little bit to start and about the person who's like, well, I don't want to even think about AI because I'm the blogger and I want to be sure that I'm the one creating all the content. Can you kind of help ease their fears a little bit with this that you're not actually losing the integrity of your blog by utilizing AI? Uh, No. AI is absolutely going to destroy the world. (laughs) 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 At at least that's what I thought as well. (laughs) There are a lot of things that we should be wary of at this point when it comes to machine learning and when it comes to AI. Still very much the Wild West. And there's a really high probability that we screw this up. I mean, majorly. I don't want to sit here on this podcast and fearmonger, but there are some concerns. And that's why it's important to use AI and machine learning responsibly. But let's be clear. Machines aren't going to destroy the world. The people controlling the machines, they're the ones who have the potential to destroy the world. I don't believe in the judgment day scenario laid out in Terminator where the machines are just going to (laughs) wake up one day and set off the world supply of nuclear warheads. And that's the end of mankind. But mankind has a a not so great track record with weaponizing just about everything. Mm -hmm. That being said, what we have in front of us is, is a real opportunity to use technology for the good. And for me, that's what chat GPT, what artificial intelligence and machine learning as a whole represent. So while there are probably a million reasons to be afraid, there are probably equally as many reasons to embrace this new phase, this new era of technology, because it's a tool. That's all it is. It's a tool. A car can be used for good. It can be used for evil. A knife can be used for chopping vegetables. It can also be used to harm someone. At the end of the day, what you choose to do with it is up to you. It's up to you. And so talking about blogging, as we're talking about the creation of content, as it relates to creators, how you choose to wield that tool is solely up to you. Sure. You could let it write every single piece of content on your website, or you could choose to have it write some content or you may not want it to write any content at all. So it's important to have, yes, a healthy respect for AI, for machine learning, but also realize that it's not out to get you. And it's all about what you choose to do with the technology. Me personally, I use it in order to augment the content that I create. I use it to augment content that I create at ConvertKit. I use it to augment content that I create for my own personal endeavors as well. I never put it in the driver's seat. It's more like in the passenger seat or maybe even in the back row, right? So with that, I'm using it in order to help develop ideas, to help fuel creativity, 
I'm using it in order to really help help me as a creator sharpen my focus and to maybe go a little deeper than I wouldn't have creatively if I were on my own. It gives me an opportunity to examine my work from a different light, especially when something is like ChatGPT is as good as it is and helping you flesh out thoughts and ideas. It kind of shines a light on your work and it gives you an opportunity to examine it in a way that maybe you wouldn't have previously. So it all comes down to how you decide to use the tool itself. Be afraid. No, have a healthy respect for the technology. Absolutely. You'll be good. If you're a blogger who's looking to increase your organic search traffic using keyword research, we have an excellent resource that we are really excited to share with you. If you struggle to find the right keywords, maybe you're unsure of your rankings or you're just plain running out of ideas. What if I told you that you can learn how to find the right keywords that will rank competitively on Google? Aleka Shunk is the keyword research guru, and we highly recommend her courses if you are ready to do a deep dive into keyword research. She has two courses that we'd recommend to start. Cooking with Keywords is for food bloggers, and Blogging with Keywords was created for others who aren't in the recipe niche. This is not a beginner course, but if you are ready to tackle keyword research, this is the best thing for your buck. To learn more about Aleka's keyword courses, click the link in our show notes and become a keyword research guru. You've said so many interesting things that make me, like Amy said, I was like, nope, not interested. Don't want anything to do with it. Because in my mind or my mindset was as a blogger, you would use it to write your blog posts. And I was like, well, that doesn't even make sense for me. And I think that's what a lot of people think. But I think what you've pointed out is that as bloggers, we have a responsibility to understand what is AI, you know, what is chat GPT, how can it be used so that we are using it responsibly, because there's so many things that we don't even haven't even thought of yet, that we have to take into account to make sure that that we're doing what we need to do to make sure that this tool you know, grows and develops properly into the future for everyone. And so if anybody else is out there like me thinking it just writes content for you, can you talk a little bit more about the other things you can use AI for that could potentially help you? And specifically, I think as a blogger or a content creator, like what are some ways you can use this that are not just writing content for you so that we can start to think about about how to use this and how to approach it. Yeah, that's a really cool thing. We're living in this era of AI kind of being like a blank slate and whatever we can think up to do with it, it's more or less possible. And there's so many things that you can do with it. For example, I use a tool called Recraft. And with Recraft, I'm able to develop some professional design assets. I needed a set of icons for a project that I was working on. And there's websites like The Noun Project and a few others out there where you can buy stock icons. But I needed some custom icons. I needed one that was kind of out of the box. So I used Recraft in order to create this icon and it did it perfectly. You type in a quick query of what it is that you're looking for and then it spits out results and you get to choose and figure out how to mold that content into your own, your own content development. And strategy. I've used Oasis, which kind of 
you can record audio and then it takes that audio snippet and it turns it into multiple forms of content. I've used a lot of different tools in order to help me create my video content as well. So I have a few side hustles, more than a few side hustles, actually. And I use AI probably in every part of my business. It's helping me build my businesses at a scale that I never imagined before. Nathan Barry, the founder and CEO of ConvertKit, talked about this concept during his talk. Going from solo player to multiplayer, I didn't have the ability to hire additional people to help me. AI has now more or less fulfilled that need where I don't have to hire someone. I create systems, I create processes, and AI does the rest for me. One thing that I've been really enamored with at this particular moment is creating music. I've kind of always had this dream of of developing my own music and using generative AI tools, like the one that Google recently created, is allowing me to create my own music that I can put out there on Spotify, Apple Music, et cetera, have it streamed and make money from those plays. So there's there's so many different ways that you can what? use tools. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Okay, I got to stop you there. I got to stop <laughs> you. I know this has nothing to do with blogging, but I grew up singing. So I am so curious about this. So are you just creating like the instrumental or are you singing and like, is it creating songs that way? So you give it a style. You can provide lyrics as well, but it's more or less you give it a style of music that you're looking for. You give it beats per minute, you give it the mood, the tone, and then it creates a backing track for you. So the tool that I'm using is the music language model or music LM from Google. So if you go to, it's kind of a long URL. It's aitestkitchen.withgoogle.com. You can actually sign up to create your own generative music. And one of the websites that's actually come out of it is called Generative FM. It's one of my favorite music websites now. And it generates ambient music that doesn't end. And each time you play that track, that track is a little different. So it's never the same track twice. There's always a variation to it. And that's AI learning your musical preferences. It's AI figuring out how to make that track different. And it's it's mind-blowing. So yeah, you're able to create music using machine learning models. It's it's crazy. Jennifer, I love the look on your face right now because that was the look on my face the entire time I was hearing him talk at this conference. <laughs> <laughs> like, I well, was I, well, was I wrong? Okay. Yeah. No. I don't know that my brain can process all this information at once. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a lot. And just about anything that you can think to do, you can do it, which, I mean, do you want to talk about coming as close as you can to having like, a genie in a bottle. And it's just like, make a wish and boom, <laughs> there it is. Yeah. That's so interesting. So let's kind of take it back a little bit to basics here, Colin, and take it back to the person who has like, maybe they're right now they're on the chat GPT like website and they're looking at this text box and thread or whatever. And they're like, uh, what do I do now? Can you give just some basic like introduction to what a person would do when they might want to start utilizing it and maybe some do's and don'ts for what not to do there? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. So the first do is purchase a subscription. <laughs> <laughs> the free version of ChatGPT is fairly limited. You're limited to the number of queries or number of prompts that you can ask. So that's like step number one. It's just making sure that you have full access to the tool. The second step or second best practice is Make sure you enable certain features within ChatGPT. So 
I'm actually in my instance of ChatGPT right now. There's my email address at the bottom, which is essentially my dashboard admin panel. You're going to want to go into your settings, go to your data controls or your feature controls, and you'll want to enable plugins. So this is what makes ChatGPT so powerful. It's not only can you use prompts in order to create content, you can install a nearly infinite amount of different types of plugins in order to take ChatGPT from its isolated version living on the web on OpenAI's servers to now integrating it with other tools. And then that's where the automation comes in. That's where being able to use ChatGPT and scale your own business, essentially creating an infinite number of assistants and uh, bots or processes that can help you run your business. You'll want to enable the plugins feature within ChatGPT. And then within the data control, you'll want to make sure that under data control that keeps your chat history and training. Otherwise, it will essentially forget what you've said. So you can save your chats to your browser history. And the one thing to be aware of, though, is that they will use that in order to improve their own models. So you'll want to be careful with the kind of information that you submit to ChatGPT. If there's anything proprietary or private that you don't want it to use for training and maybe potentially one day regurgitate to someone else, you'll want to be careful with what you speak or type into ChatGPT. But those beta features that I mentioned to you, the plugins are the biggest thing. My favorite plugin right now is the code interpreter. That's a great plugin. There's also the link reader plugin. Link reader allows you to, or allows ChatGPT to go out and search parts of the open web. So for example, one of my last queries or my last, one of my last prompts to ChatGPT was, Hey, uh, you're not doing a really great job writing content in the voice of, you know, my brand. It's missing that tone that I need. I want you to choose 20 articles from my blog to read. When you're done, write a paragraph about what you learned using my writing style, my language, my tone of voice and word selection, and then summarize what you've just read. So it went out, it grabbed 20 random blog posts. It read through those blog posts and told me that after diving deep into my blog and absorbing the tone, language and style, here's a paragraph about what I've learned written in your style. And it just absolutely nailed the tone. And so then does that kind of reset it to where then when you put queries in, then it's going to pull out stuff that's more in your tone again? It will for that particular thread. So think of ChatGPT threads or when you start a new conversation with it, that's not part of your existing thread, you'll need to retrain it. So if you're talking to triplets, they all look similar, but they're all different personalities in a conversation that you had with triplet number one will not carry over to triplet number three. You'll have to have that same conversation with triplet number three as you did with number one in order for the context for your conversation to be there. Every new instance of ChatGPT that you spin up, you'll have to give it the context that it needs in order to work the way that you need it to work. But if you keep going with the same thread, it doesn't need that context. It's akin to all of your conversations happening with triplet number one. And of course, they'll retain that information because you're speaking to them. You're not speaking to one of their siblings. So why would somebody start a new thread? If they have a completely different topic that they'd like to discuss or a different project or task that needs to be separated from the existing thread. Otherwise, it's it's like having a conversation with the human. You just keep going with, with whatever topic thread that you have 
some people want to make the differentiation or distinction between their threads. Maybe one thread is personal, one is business, and you want to keep the two separate. But otherwise, you just roll with one thread and it keeps all of the context, the memory of your conversations, etc. That was something I did learn that I did not know before because I've just really dabbled in it. I haven't gone like all in with it. And I was starting a new thread each time. So that was something very interesting that I had learned is just to stay in that thread. Yeah, I created a thread back in May that I think is like 40,000 words at this point. So I just, I keep going back to that thread again and again, because that's where the context is. And when it has that context, you don't need to retrain it on that information, which is incredible. So now ChatGPT is like, oh, okay, I get this. This is the voice of your blog. This is the voice of your brand. I'll keep that voice in mind for any future content or responses related to your brand. Let me know how else I can assist you. So it's, it's really incredible what this technology can do, so long as you're using it the right way. If you're not prompting it the right way, you're not going to get the same results that I'm getting. And that's the key. I would say that that's the biggest. There's a best practice to be taken away from this conversation. It's that you need to give ChatGPT and any other AI solution context for what you need it to output. Without that context, it's going to give you gibberish. It's not going to give you what you're looking for. And of course, you'll think, oh my God, this stuff is the worst. I don't know why anybody uses this. It doesn't work. It does. You have to give it context. And by saying context, for the sake of bloggers, do you mean providing content that we've already created out there without the use of chat GPT or AI? So feeding it that content that we've already created so it can begin to learn who we are, what we're really about, and what kind of information we are sharing with people. Exactly. So the more data that you give it, the better its responses or its output will be. The more targeted the data that you provide it, the more tailored its responses will be to what you're looking for specifically. So it's important to give it data or context that's directly related to the output that you're looking for. In the the case of ChatGPT, my instance of ChatGPT, I wanted it to write content in the tone of voice that I built for my brand. So I fed it content from my blog. If I hadn't given it that context, it would have given me generic content as its output. So the more specific that you get, the more tailored the content is to your specific needs. But it's just like anything else, right? When a baby is born and it's looking at the world around it, it's taking in so much information. And it literally takes about a year. Some babies speak earlier than that. But about that time frame before it can actually start outputting language in a way that actually makes sense to the person listening on the other end. So there's a lot that's being taken in before a child is ready to start outputting. The same is true when it comes to chat GPT or any AI model. It needs context. The more context it has, the better it's able to communicate or respond in the end. I think I just have so many questions. I don't even know where to go next. You mentioned like feeding it your content, having it read through your blog posts and things like that. When you do that, are you essentially feeding that content in for them to use for other purposes? Or are they already using our content anyway, because it's out there on the web? And what considerations do we need to have in regards to them using our content? Are there risks to us for other people reusing it in a way that's not the way we'd want them to use our content? Plagiarism is a big concern. I don't know how this is going to play out 
in the court system, but it will, and it's going to be ugly. OpenAI and all of the other machine learning models are scraping content from the web. It's all fodder for the service that ChatGPT or that OpenAI provides. So assume that none of your data is safe, that it's training on anything that it can find. This thing is an insatiable beast. The more you feed it, the hungrier it gets. And that that's good and bad. It's good in the sense that most knowledge will be consolidated in models like this. The bad is that you don't know what it's going to spit out. You don't know if it's content that you've created. And then you're going to have a really hard time proving that within the legal system. There have already been lawsuits that have been brought against people for plagiarism. A couple of major ones in the headlines at the moment. So that's that's a real concern. It's one of the reasons why I use ChatGPT or machine learning to augment my content. This is another big takeaway. I don't have it write anything from scratch. I have it build on what I've created. So for example, one of my side hustles, I develop motivational speeches. I write the first paragraph and then I have ChatGPT riff on it. I don't have it write my content from scratch. And then to take that a a step further, most times I won't even have it riff on anything. I'll say, here's what I've created. Edit this meticulously, make it sound like me, and then I'll publish that content. I think that's where the beauty of this technology is in being able to augment our own creativity, being able to build on top of, of what we created, more or less. When you start using it in order to do your work for you, I think that's where you start to get in trouble, legally as well as creatively. If you turn to machine learning in order to get you out of your creative jam, that creativity muscle is going to atrophy. Then when you go to use it, it won't be there. That creativity will not be readily accessible like it should be. But if you're flexing that creativity muscle on a daily basis and you're using ChatGPT in order to help kind of boost your workout, then that's a completely different story. So we're absolutely seeing at this point legal battles being fought in court at the moment for plagiarism from ChatGPT. These companies are being sued and the outcome is probably not going to be great for these companies. Zoom recently updated their privacy policy that in effect, it says that they will be able to use the content of your calls and train its AI on the content from your calls. You have to explicitly opt out of that within the settings of Zoom in order for it not to do that. So yeah, there are, <laughs> there's, oh my gosh. there's some interesting things that will be coming down the pipe that will be battled out in the court system. So the long and short of it is that, yeah, there are some, there's some risks with this technology. The way to protect yourself, at least the best that you can, is to use AI to augment or build on top of your own creativity and not use it to author anything. So that would be a piece of sound advice that I would give to you and to your audience is not to use ChatGPT or artificial intelligence without very strong guardrails. It's important for you to put those in place. If you don't put them in place, somebody will put them in place for you and it likely won't be pleasant. 
Wow. Is there any way on our blogs to opt out of them being able to scrape that information or to to read that information? Uh, no, but there are people who are working on that where you can opt out. But at the moment, for large companies like Google and Meta, I don't believe that there's a way for you to be able to opt out. As I mentioned, Zoom has a way for you to be able to opt out in your settings. If you go to your Zoom settings, but by and large, these large companies are not, they're not asking for permission. They are asking for forgiveness after the fact. Neat. Yeah. Great world we live in, isn't it? (laughs) Fun times. So with that said, do you think that this is something that, what if there's a blogger listening who's like, you know what? That's just not worth the risk for me. I don't want to use it. Or maybe they have been using AI. And they're like, uh, I don't know if I want to anymore. I just don't know if I'm comfortable with that. Do you think that AI is something that in order to continually see success in blogging, that you have to utilize this tool? Or do those that want to stay completely off of AI and not utilize it as a tool at all, are they going to be left in the dust? I think that is a natural and reasonable and rational reaction to say, maybe I don't want to use AI at all. And to anyone who feels that way, I say good on you. At the same time, you need to understand the risk that you run of not using AI, the risk of using it. Let me take a step back because this is a sensitive part of the conversation (laughs) where there are a million different directions that you could potentially go. And there are a million different ways that all of this plays out. I think that personally, those who don't end up using AI in their business run the risk of being left behind. And I don't mean just, you know, Losing by a couple of paces, I mean losing by a mile. It's the difference between using a locomotive to drive your your business or to power your business and still using your hands and feet <laughs> in order to drive your business. And that's where it gets a little bit a little bit tricky. You have to weigh the pros and cons. You have to figure out if the potential benefits outweigh the cost of using the technology. For a lot of people, that's going to be a no, a firm no. But I think that there's going to be a niche for those types of people as well. There will be people who will miss the good old days of handcrafted, human-powered content and will actively seek that out. And that content may command a premium. But there will be people who want something that's cheap and fast and simply does the job. And there will be a market for those people as well. How large of a market? I think that that remains to be seen. But I think that those two realities will exist in parallel. I don't know that one will win out over the other. I think that they will just be two different realities that that we live in. So if you're thinking to yourself, I don't know if I won't even touch this with a 10-foot pole. Again, I think it's a natural reaction. Just like I think a natural reaction is, I want to dive into this right away. It's going to be largely up to you up to your business, how you want to build that business, how you want to position that business, and how you want to grow that business that can determine your trajectory and help you figure out if that's the trajectory that you want your business to take to begin with. So yeah, I know that that was kind of me starting to directly answer the question and then take a step back. It's one of those complicated parts of this conversation that will be largely dependent upon the listener and how they decide to use the information. I think it's important though, and I 
I'm grateful that you're willing to kind of say both sides there. Like in that, I think that we can have two feelings at the exact same time. And those can be opposing feelings about a situation. But I think what I've heard you say throughout this entire time together is you need to be smart and you need to understand what you're doing. And a lot of people can take different, I mean, we can talk about a lot of things in our life that are abused and used improperly, you know, but if we're using it properly in the way that it's designed to be used, if it's beneficial for your business, then it might be a good idea. If you're not sure how to use it properly, it might be something that you want to learn a little bit more about. And that's what we would recommend as blog coaches. If you're still listening to this and you're like, I'm just not quite sure if this is something that I want to utilize in my blogging business yet, my encouragement to you would be go learn more. Go continue seeking out other podcasts or courses or whatever that can help you kind of learn more about it. And then you can make that really informed decision to understand, do I want to introduce this into my routine at all? Or do I just want to let this this one slide and I'll just see how this all pans out? And I don't think that there's a wrong choice like you. I don't think there's a wrong choice. I think it's very dependent on the person behind it. But I would say with with everybody listening, because if you clicked play on this episode, you're likely a serious blogger. Like you're wanting to grow your blog. Just don't be afraid to learn something new and see how it might benefit your business. But just know the risks that could be involved too. Yeah. And don't be afraid to be wrong. It's okay to be wrong. Yeah. You know, we learn more when we make mistakes. Our business grows more when we're making mistakes. We don't really learn a whole lot from the successes in our lives. They don't stick the way that our failures do. So don't be afraid to make a mistake. Hopefully you're not making one that that's going to cost you in court. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, as far as testing things out in your business, don't be afraid to to test things out to make mistakes as you're testing. And I would say, Test until you're blue in the face. If you don't feel comfortable, then don't roll it out. That's your decision. That's your choice. It's your business. So don't be afraid to make mistakes. Just try to limit those mistakes to your testing environment. (laughs) Good advice in general when it comes to business. I was just thinking that. That can be applied to so many things. I think a lot of times in this industry, there's so much kind of nuance and there's so much that we can do and asking yourself, you know, do I have to do it all? Should I do it all? All the things. And I think that was solid advice to hear. Like, don't be afraid to make mistakes. I think a lot of times we sit on the sidelines because we're so afraid of making a mistake that then we miss out on like getting in the game and seeing where our business could actually go if we were to bet on ourselves and and allow ourselves to make a few mistakes along the way. So absolutely. Colin, this has been really helpful. I think really insightful just to kind of give a basic rundown of what AI is for people. And some of our listeners might have additional questions. Can they connect with you and ask you questions if they have any? And if so, how can they do that? Absolutely. They can connect with me. LinkedIn, believe it or not, is the best way to get a hold of me. Forward slash in forward slash Colin Tate with two L's. Or feel free to email me. Hi at seoforcreators.com. Thanks for being here, Colin. Thank you for having me on. It's been great. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to continue the conversation about blogging with us, please find us on Instagram at Spark Media Concepts. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter where we share blogging tips and inspiration. You can sign up by finding the link in the show notes. For those of you who are ready for the next step and want to start your own blog, Join the waitlist for the Ultimate Blog Bootcamp. The link to join the waitlist is also in the show notes. Go out and make today a great day.